Hello. Oh, sorry about that, y'all. <laughs> What the hell? What the hell? What the hell is up? What the? Hi, my name is Claire and I'm here to chat with artists, creators, and inspired folks about passion and their visions for success on an earth that's melting. We'll talk about identity, creativity, community, and how art can cultivate healing and change. Along the way, you'll hear music from rising indie artists. I believe the art is meant to connect us. When we listen, respond, and create, we connect and have the power to make change, even while living on this chaotic earth. So what the hell is up with you? Hello, starlings. Welcome back to What the Hell is Up? It's Claire. It's September 8th, and I'm back with another bonus episode I can't believe it's already September. What the hell is up with that, starlings? Well, it's still hella nice out and oh my gosh, this Virgo energy is making me want to feel organized and stick to a plan with social media posts, um, making TikToks at one in the morning, getting my shiza together with work-related stuff. Um, my cat is over here next to me hanging out. And we're just super excited to be here, just kind of lost in the sauce of this existence, really. I am really enjoying things right now. I, like, went to a, the day-in, day-out music fest a few days ago, and it was so blissful. And... I don't know. I think it's just easy to get caught up in the details and sometimes it's good to zoom out and look at the big picture and just enjoy what it is that is in front of you. So today's episode, I am including a conversation that I had with my sister and her partner. Um, my sister's name is Callan and you can find her on Insta at Calatopia. She's going to talk about becoming a professional dancer at the Can Can Theater, which is a burlesque cabaret dinner theater at Pike Place. And um, her partner, Liv, who also goes by Ollie G um, of at Ollie.gmusic on Instagram, shares about what we've been up to in this house. I've been really enjoying living in a group house and sort of having the nourishment of community because the thing is, is that when we let our community help us, we are better. <laughs> I know for me, I can get very caught up in my projects and just being a goofball. So it's been nice because um, as Liv will talk about, she's been spearheading like house improvement projects, which I'm super grateful for. And just like doing some of these things that aren't as intuitive to me. I've been thinking a lot about how important it is to be authentic to ourselves in our path um, as artists and humans. Even when I was setting up this podcast studio, I remember like I had this vision of how I wanted it to look like. I went to Pinterest and I sort of like pinned the this like mood board with the colors and how I pictured it and started to think about like what I wanted it to look like. And then I started like shopping around for stuff 
And, but I started to get kind of like stressed and in my head about it. And I remember like frantically calling my mom and being like, mom, where should I get curtains? Because it felt like really important to have a certain vibe in here. But, um, she's like, you should go to Goodwill. And I was like, you know what? You're right, mom. So I headed over to Goodwill and I basically found like these curtains there for like 12 bucks and it was like one set was like 12 and the other one was like 14, which is like not that cheap, honestly. <laughs> um, thank you, Goodwill and Ballard. But to me, it was actually more important to just buy it thrifted because I really don't feel good about buying a lot of things new. There's just too much shit in the world to add more shit. So that's why I got the chairs from Facebook Marketplace, upcycled this table, and just got the curtains from Goodwill. But then when I put it up, I was like, wait a sec. This is so me. This is so me. And I feel like it was just a really good reminder of the fact that when you create, and by creating, like, creating is as simple as, like, setting up your patio, putting on an outfit, or as big as making a dance, or creating a podcast, or creating a video, like, whatever it is, if it doesn't align with your values, or is not authentic to you, it's not going to be good. Like, the more it flows out of your consciousness, and is in alignment with who you are, like, obviously, the better it's going to look. So I was just really excited to see, like, that choosing my own path, even with my space, um, made me feel good, makes me feel cozy to have a little podcast studio that's mostly from thrifted items. Um, so also in today's episode, you're going to hear about how Cal and Liv and I went to a drag show at Chop Suey. Liv and Cal mentioned that they saw the oldest drag queen in the United States, whose name is Darcel, the 15th, I think, in <laughs> down in Portland. Um, but drag also just has me thinking about how brilliant and creative it is when folks lean into their authenticity and just seeing these queens up there living into their full expression and like playing around with their their femininity and just like leaning into that joy, being silly, being expressive, being however the hell they wanted to be was so inspiring and I think that the song that will be featured in today's episode by um, the Japanese girl band Chai is so perfect. This song is called Miniskirt and there's a new music video out. This um, song came out through Sub Pop Records, with the, which is a Seattle-based record label, and it's a girly bop that reminds you to just like don't give a fuck about who's gonna hate on you if you're wearing the short skirt. Wear it and don't look back. went to Chop Suey and we went to happy hour and saw a drag show. Who was your favorite performer, Cal? Um, 
Isaman. Isaman? Isaman. Is that the first one? Uh-uh. The one with the really long braids. Oh. She was my favorite. She was I so also cool. really liked the first one. Isa Isa Man's energy was just like so happy and sexy, but also just like so positive. Her smile was beautiful. Have you guys ever seen a drag show before? Yes. Mm -hmm. Where? We saw one in Portland. Yeah. We saw the oldest drag queen. In history. She was amazing. 93 years old on stage doing drag, telling jokes, literally hosting the entire night. And we have a picture with her and it will be framed and remembered for all of eternity. It's incredible. Wait, what's her name? Uh, <laughs> we can't remember. It's I, something I with Roman picture. numerals in it. Mm. I also saw a drag show at Neighbors once. That was cool. That I've was actually that was the first drag show that I've seen in a venue. Mm. Like I've seen drag at Pride, but I've never mm. seen drag like in a theater setting mm. like that. So that was super fun. And it also was free at Chop Suey. Mm -hmm. Every Tuesday. So I highly recommend that for your Tuesday evening. And they're gonna start having that um, DJ DJ after. It sounds oh, yeah. awesome. So what the hell is up, Cal? What the hell is up, Liv? Mm, not much. Work. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing for work? I am a professional dancer at the Can Can in Pike's Place. It's a dinner theater. And it's musical theater, cabaret, a little bit of burlesque. But yeah, it's really fun. Did you ever picture yourself dancing in this kind of theater? It feels definitely like a good fit because I've always been very like ostentatious in my performance style. And um, so this is like a very small venue with a very small cast, and so it. So, oh, so you get a lot of like your own moments. Kind of. So that feels very natural, and also like the dance, um, the dance style, is like a very satisfying movement for me. Um, so yeah, it definitely feels like I've. It's not. I ne didn't necessarily like picture this. But I did picture something similar to it, like an upbeat thing. I love making people like smile when I'm dancing and like I love to see like people like loving it along with me. And I feel like contemporary dance is often very introspective, so it's hard to read the audience when you're dancing. So this does feel like meant to be in that. It's not like I pictured this exactly, but looking back in like hindsight, I'm like, okay, yes, this is like this is this is my calling. <laughs> I see that for you. I mean, when I was growing up, like, Cal and I would dance around the kitchen a lot, but she was the one who was owning it 100%. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not just in the kitchen, but also in the bathroom. <laughs> when we were watching the drag show, I was thinking about when you did that YouTube video to, like, Brandy's song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that still lurking in the depths of YouTube? I hope so. Which I know it's that? somewhere. Um, All I have is this picture in a frame. 
that I hold close every day. <laughs> With you is where I'd rather be. That's that's a song. I don't know what it's called. Is that a Cody Simpson? Didn't no, you do it's a Brandy. I did do it lip sync to Cody Simpson. What's going on with Liv? I'm a professional um, produce stand worker, which is pretty hip. Um, I um, I do the cashier for a lot of locals. I scan a lot of onions, and um, eggplant is really popular right now. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Wait, can you actually say that eggplant is the most popular right now? It's pretty popular. I'd say the eggplant, the basil, and the asparagus are uh, oh. pretty pretty top contenders for the number one spot right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Plus, Liv has been bringing us home a lot of produce. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, like, in our shared house, Liv and Cal, but... Like, I feel like Liv is spearheading a lot of, like, house improvement projects. Oh, heck yeah. Such as transforming the yard mm -hmm. and installing posts that held backyard lights. Yeah. Which have just made it so much more cozy and homey. Yeah, that's me and Caesar. I feel like Caesar's also really into home improvement. But my next goal is to get a table saw, and then I'm going to build some planters for our garden. That's my next plan. Wait, really? Yeah. I get a table. I found a table saw on Facebook. Well, Cal found the table saw on Facebook Marketplace, but I'm going to go pick it up. Cool. But that's my biggest plan. And also, this morning, I'm getting back on track, and I woke up, and I did my journaling, and I read some, like, quotes and stuff from, like, this little, like, daily, like, thought-provoking question, like, question of the day kind of thing and a quote. So, Liv, mm -hmm. do you think that, like, for you journaling is like an essential part of your day yeah i think um internal reflection is essential and when i don't do that then i tend to not be able to process my thoughts clearly hmm. so it helps me like set it out there and then because as you're writing it kind of takes a while to write like handwriting things kind of takes a little bit so even just in the act of handwriting, it gives you more time to actually process what you're even writing. So that helps a lot. Mm. As opposed to like just speaking. Like, cause I speak in my head, which makes me then write out, but it gives me extra time to then slow down thinking. thinking. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I really like it. <clears throat> That's beautiful. Yeah, I'm doing these, it's called the morning pages and it's through the book, The Artist Way impeccable book incredible and it basically says that there's like this blockade in our brain that stops you each day from you know like reaching not just like your potential but just like getting away from like your negative thoughts and your negative like views of yourself it's kind of like that voice in the back of your head that says like you're not good enough and so when you spend the morning and you write out three pages front and back and it could be of anything you just doodle you could just write nonsense but if you get that out of the way then it kind of like stops like you get that voice out and then you're able to like think clearly without it blocking you i don't know i feel like it's been pretty successful for me in the past to do that i was talking to ian the other day about my journaling practice mm. 
I've been journaling since I was like 10. Uh-huh. Fairly consistently. And I agree. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it just really like clarifies a lot of things mm-hmm. and is an outlet of expression that I don't really have anywhere else. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I feel like when it's literally just you and your journal, it's, I don't know, like it's very easy to just be 100% yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Do you feel like your journaling style has changed over the years, Claire? Mm-hmm. Yes. What did you start out? When I was younger, I felt like it was my responsibility to record the exact proceeding of events which occurred in my life. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to dictate all of the happenings. And mm-hmm. then, like, once I was a little bit older, I realized, like, why don't I just express my feelings and emotions through descriptions and poetry mm-hmm. and, like, symbols and just, like, words like even if they're not that coherent like mm-hmm. just let it flow out because I don't need a record of my life mm-hmm. the only re- I felt like I was responsible to future generations for being able to like I remember no, like, that you saying that like my children need something to look back on so they can know how I lived <laughs> I feel like you like read the diary of Anne Frank yes. and then you're like this is me now <laughs> yes there's my Leo jumping out <laughs> I feel like I always start descriptive and then like as I continue writing it just like turns into more of like feelings and like a pep talk almost. My journals are my best pep talks. (laughs) I'm just like, I believe in you. (laughs) Oh, that's sweet. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like affirmations. Yeah, totally. It's amazing how many ketchup packets you actually went through over there. Are there, any, really like are there any open, unopened ones? Just this one, but I'm about to use it. <laughs> Do you, you want to try my masala fry? Get one that's nice and seasoned. Oh, I see the one. There it is. Mmm. Mmm. Oh my god. Oh my god. Ugh, french fries. <laughs> what kind of drink did you get when we were at the bar? <clears throat> I got tonic. Splash of crayon. Oh, is that your go-to? Mm. It's turned into your go-to, I feel like. Mmm, it's yummy. I got a um, gin and grapefruit with a splash of OJ. How'd you come it up with that? It was tasty. Well, because I wanted something kind of more like, I didn't want just gin and grapefruit. Sometimes that can be a little bit too bitter for me. Mm-hmm. So I wanted just a little touch of sweetness. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to break off the citrus pot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got Jameson on the rocks. Mm. That's still like so bougie of you to do. <laughs> it was good. Wait, just on the rocks? Yes, ma'am. Like just liquor in a plastic solo cup? She drank all of it too. Oh, Two dang. cups of that shit. Holy moly. It makes me feel like I'm an old woman in a good way. Mm. Like it makes me feel like. Uh, or it makes it kind of makes me feel like an old man in a library who's well read mm. and I have a monocle. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's the description I was looking for. I feel like you have to reach a tier, a tier level of, I don't know, like before you get there, you have to step up some, you gotta go up some steps. I've seen some shit you know in my what I'm day. About? So now yeah. I turn Jameson. I was telling Claire that I appreciate people that can, because I 
I've realized I don't really like the taste of alcohol. And I appreciate people that do, though, because I feel like they have very um, mature palates. And I feel very fancy when I'm around people like that because they're just drinking alcohol straight and they're like, ooh, the flavors. What? <laughs> what does Jameson on the Rocks taste like to you, Claire? Just like I said, it kind of also reminds me of being in Spain mm. and you're sitting out on the patio with like some people that you don't know very well and you're just drinking a drink that's for the flavor. And it's like, I don't know, it's just a moment where you're enjoying it so much. Mm. It's very visceral. Mm. Perhaps you're having intellectual conversations mm. such as this one. Mm. I like that shit. Mm-hmm. An intellectual conversation about Jameson on the rocks. Like, sometimes when I think about, like, the perfect date that I could go on with somebody, I feel like it's just, like, having some cocktails while listening to music. Mm. Like, that's an ideal date to me. Mm-hmm. I would rather listen to something than watch something, mm. especially if the drink is, like, strong and flavorful. Mm. Like, not some fruity mix. Mm. <laughs> What's wrong with the fruity mix? There's nothing wrong with it, but I just, I don't know. I prefer something like... I feel like my perfect date would be someone else setting all of it up. Like, I don't really care what we do, but I just want them to plan it all. Mm-hmm. Like, if we end up drinking Jameson on the rocks, then I'm going to enjoy it just because they planned it. That's funny. My love language is acts of service. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because for me, like, I don't know. The idea of them planning it all is less important to me. It's more important to me that it suits my desires of activities. <laughs> oh, dang. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I just, like, really enjoy spending my time doing intentional activities. Not mm. that I don't enjoy the company, but, like, I like the aesthetic. Mm. I like the vibe, and I want the vibe to be good. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I guess the vibe is what you want it to be. What's your perfect date, Liv? My perfect day is doing something crazy, like going to an amusement park and riding the craziest roller coasters in the entire world, or going to a rock concert, or um, I don't know, just doing something super crazy, like activity, activity, because then you don't have to really talk. You can just experience life together. But I love to talk, but like, I don't know. There's something, dude, there's a feel. No, no, no. There's a feel when you're both experiencing something so like, like no, it just makes I agree. Like, Actually, I kind of feel like I'm saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really seek out those adrenaline activities as much, mm-hmm. but I want to experience something with somebody where it's like, this is so awesome and we get to do mm-hmm. it together. Like the feeling of it is what yeah. makes me feel like it's ingrained in my memory forever and having somebody with me through that feeling feels super connected like in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody is on the roller coaster with me, I feel like we are both going through this crazy ass like stomach drop. Am I going to die? What is going on in the world? It makes the whole world just shut off when you're on a roller coaster. When you're on a roller coaster and you just only think about this adrenaline and hype. And then you you're doing that together. It feels very lovely. Hmm. Yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. I feel like on those adrenaline rides all I fear is feel is fear. 
pure terror mm-hmm. so that I do not feel that way mm-hmm. but I love that you feel that way about mm-hmm. it so maybe next time we're on like a scary ride I'm gonna be like Liv is really thinking about this like deep and, and it'll make me be less scared it's true mm-hmm. <laughs> well some rides you like right I like Splash Mountain and that's like the scariest ride of all no if I ride Splash Mountain first then I can do the scary roller coasters mm-hmm. Um, so anything after Splash Mountain, I, I like, but Splash Mountain has to be first. Mm-hmm. I remember when our mother had to force her to go on Splash Mountain. I'm glad she did, because it was like a mental breakthrough for me. Like I'd never been able to like feel that excitement for rides until I rode Splash Mountain. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. Yes. Woo. Thanks, Cal. Thanks, Liv, for talking with me at Bombay Burgers and uh, recording this mini episode with me. And thank you for listening, my rising starlings. (laughs) I hope that whatever is up with you is bright and lovely. Uh, Today's podcast episode was recorded, edited, and mixed by yours truly, Podcast intro music is by Afterspace, whose work you can find on SoundCloud. My podcast art is by Sarah Day. Podcast promo art is by Aubrey McMichael. And um, podcast listenership is by you. I also wanted to briefly mention a quick quick update that I'm going to be pausing the Patreon site um, just because I have kind of determined that it's just not where I want to put my energy right now. But I am going to be working on new things all the time. So stay tuned and I am so blessed that you're here to listen. Have a good one. Ciao. Don't drop. Asekaita kokoro, hitori samishikunai yo.